Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Jesus, I just pray that today you would open people's hearts and minds to the truth. Your word says that we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb, that is Jesus, and by the word of our testimony, our story, because there's truth in our story. So God, I pray today that as people share little snapshots of their stories, that it would give hope to people walking through hard things right now. Jesus, we love you in Jesus' name, amen. My name is Kara Dyson. My husband and I are the pastors of Convo. Um, we're so glad you guys are here today. You came on a really good Sunday. Um, so part of my, um, I just, I'm so privileged um, that I get to be a pastor. Um, I, I love people. I think people are very, very, um, people are very wonderful. Um, I love people's stories. It's one of my favorite things that I get to do that I have the privilege of doing is sitting down with um, people um, and hearing stories and hearing where they've been in their lives and um, what makes them who they are and why they tick and what, um, and what God has done in people's lives. Sorry, I'm going to get to my little notes here. Um, so, you guys get to have a front row seat to this today. Um, this is AJ, my friend AJ. Um, I'm so sorry, I didn't have time to get ready, everyone. Okay. So, AJ, are you guys ready for this? It's going to be different, but it's going to be so, it's, it's going to be good. So, um, I've already prepped some of these, all, all these people that are going to come up, I've already prepped them with some questions just so it didn't throw them off too much. <laughs> um, I love asking hard questions. I love asking people questions that people are like, why would you ever say that? <laughs> That's, we literally, Craig and I leave, um, leave meetings and he's like, why, why did you, <laughs> why did you ask that? And I'm like, well, because because I, I'm a why, like I want to know why. I want to understand people, and I want. I just. I think people are so intriguing, and everybody's story is so special. So AJ. Yes. Yes. Um, AJ has a really, really cool, really cool testimony. Um, so tell us a little bit about your background and story, um, specifically as it relates to your marriage. Yes. So, uh, as a very young kid, 15. Uh, Asked her girl to homecoming. She said yes. Fast forward seven years, and we got married at 22. Um, super rad. Fast forward another seven years. Uh, found out she was having an affair, and she left me kind of out of nowhere and uh, rocked my world to the core. Simple as that. It's pretty simple. Um. Simple as those things get. <laughs> I so make really dark jokes. I'm sorry. That's a coping mechanism. <laughs> So AJ, AJ's one of the funniest people that, that I know. He's always making um, comments and jokes that make me uncomfortable, actually. So <laughs> It's a gift. <laughs> but um, I, I asked you some of these questions when we were sitting at the Awaken Banquet just because I was so curious, and I never want to just assume where somebody's at with anything. Um, and I was, actually, um, I was actually shocked that you said yes to doing this. 
Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I think somebody, somebody here today needs to hear um, your low point, but where yeah. God brought you Absolutely. back from. So tell us about um, that pivotal moment. Yeah, um, so for me, uh, a pivotal turning point towards um, accepting the new normal wasn't a great new normal, but um, pivotal moment towards that was uh, about a month and a half after I learned that she was having an affair. Um, we were kind of trying to work it out, but um, then out of nowhere, she made it extremely clear that she had zero intention of trying to seek reconciliation. Um, and all I had known my entire adult life was being married. So I asked her again, like, are you serious? Like, we're done, no second chance, done over. And she said yes. So uh, in that moment, I walked to the bedroom, um, grabbed a gun, loaded it, and put it to my head with every intention of ending my life. Um, safety off, finger on the trigger, squeezing. Um, and in that moment, um, I saw my mom standing over my grave, and I just couldn't do it. I couldn't cause someone else that kind of pain. Um, best friend, whose background in sound, came, picked me up, um, got me safe. Um, and then I had to figure out, because ending my life was not an option at that point, and I made that decision. So then it turned into, well, what's next? How do I, how do I recapture any sense of joy and purpose in my life when this has been my purpose and my love and my joy for 15 years at that point almost? So what did you do? What, what at that point, when you said, okay, now I have to recalibrate, yeah. I have to figure this out? Lots. What, what I mean, was... it's, so I mean, obviously all the pain, the anger, the anguish, um, but it made me realize that there's no way I could do it on my own. Um, I had to rely on God, and we see time and time again through scripture that God uses people. Um, so that's what I had to do. I had to lean in to my close friends and family, because I knew without that, there's no way I would be able to make it through. Um, so I leaned in super hard, and part of that's what next prayer, um, which I think leads into the next question a little bit. Um, th that was my prayer through that entire season of life, was what's next? What's going to happen, good or bad? What's next? Um, and I felt God telling me that you can't ask what's next if you're not going to accept it. Um, wow, that is... And that was, for me, that was tough, because I'm a very introverted person. I don't like this. Like, this is super uncomfortable. Um, I'm there with you. But... <laughs> and like same with like like lead, like lead singing, terrible. I hate it so much. It's so uncomfortable for me. But AJ, um, you are so gifted, thank so you. talented, and I appreciate it. so that. we thank um, you for sharing your gift with thank us. You. Thank you. But so part of that, part of that, what's next is I had to say yes. Um, so literally, like in that season, that was the first time I'd ever led a song. Um, Nick, my friend Nick, asked me to lead a song at my old church. And I felt like I couldn't say no. And then other things, leading small groups, being part of like an overseer's team, um, and all that kind of stuff was just, it was really hard, really messy, not fun. But through that, through saying yes, through my relationships, God was able to bring me through and get me back to a place of being healthy and happy. That's amazing. There's so much power on the other side of that yes you guys, when, when God gives us those, like, hey, this is your next thing, like you said, we have a choice at that moment. We can say, nope, I'm going to stay in this place because um, as hard as this pain is, this is, this is where I'm at. And, and the journey out of that pain is extremely painful, right? It's painful, but it, there's so much growth. I mean, yeah. it's like three years ago, I wouldn't have been caught dead singing a song acapella without a bass strapped around me because that's just 
couldn't do it. Literally couldn't do it. I'd freak out and just not do it. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's crazy the growth um, and just discovering skill sets you didn't know you have. Same with like I, I led a small group a while back and it was so rewarding and yeah. I never could have imagined ever doing that um, before I forced myself to say yes. <laughs> wow. So somebody, if, if somebody's here in a similar situation right now, what would be what would be something that you would just give them right now that they could hold on to you to give them hope? Um, you're not alone. I mean, like the stats don't lie. Like marriage occurs in the church, same exact as outside the church. So you're not alone. Someone else either has or is going through it. Don't feel alone. Don't isolate yourself, which I try to do. Not good. Don't recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you're not alone. Lean into your community. Let your community do what they're there to do. Let them lift you up and help carry you through it because you can't do it by yourself. Um, and then say no to all the devil's lies. So um, you're not unlovable. You're not ugly. You're not unworthy. You good. are loved. You are worthy. And you are beautiful. And don't let Satan get you twisted up um, believing those lies. So good. AJ, thank you so much. I told you it's going to be quick, but we're going we're to get through some people. Thank you, AJ. That was that was incredible. Um, okay, our next, our next person, Mary Denny. Is Mary here? There she is, Mary Denny. I love this woman. This woman is my chiropractor, everybody. She has, <laughs> she has saved my back, my husband's back. <laughs> um, I got your back. I know exactly you do. <laughs> I'm so grateful for you, um, and I met her actually before we even before we even launched our church. And she would ask me questions, <laughs> and I would be so vague. <laughs> she'd ask me very hard questions, and I'd be like, "Well, yeah, we believe in that." And she'd, <laughs> I I find this out later, you know, after she starts coming, and she's like, "Why didn't you tell me this?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, because you needed to make that choice on your own." And honestly, I didn't know at the time how those things that we had in our hearts would look. And so, it, you know, it's hard to say, yes, it's going to look just like this, because we didn't know. Anyway, let's get going. You ready? I'm ready. I got away with six months of not having to do uh, set up and tear down, because when we join now, that's what we do. So <laughs> oh, okay. Um, please share. Are you ready? Yeah, this is okay. hard. It is hard. Really hard. So, guys, what, we don't want to be the kind of church that pushes hard things under a rug. We know and we recognize and we want, we want our community of people to, um, to recognize that, that we can walk through hard things with people. Um, we want to be a community that doesn't just sympathize, but empathizes. Sympathy says, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you and then walk away. Empathy says, no, I'm going to walk through this with you. Um, I'm going to walk through this hard thing. I'm going to walk through it till you get to the other side. Um, so can you please share a little bit of your story, um, your losses? I'm going to go really fast. I'm a fast talker, and you need that today. <laughs> so love of my life, greatest relationship, you know, engaged over the Golden Gate Bridge, just incredible love story. Um, we're plodding along with our kids. We live out here, and my son, I get words from lots of people. He's going to go pro baseball. It's going to be an amazing life. This was my husband's dream. My daughter's doing well. My husband gets sick with cancer. My son starts having all kinds of health problems, and you can see that baseball is slowly going away, which was a heartbreak for both of us. Um, then he gets cancer, and then he dies. We believed he was going to be healed. We prayed. We knew. We 
we declared, we knew we had the victory. I didn't get it. Um, four days later, my son tells me I have to go off to college. He, that was the plan. We were getting ready to be empty nesters, so he went off to college. My daughter and I took him away in a trailer down to Yuba, which was only two and a half hours away, but it was hell for me. So I went from a house of living with two men to a daughter who looked at me and said, I'm moving home today. And I said, what? And she said, you can't handle this house and this ranch all by yourself. And she moved in, and that was hard for us because two women at that age weren't doing so well together, even though she's my best buddy, and I wish she was here today, but she's home. Um, and then after he died, it was just such a shock because, you know, we knew God healed. We knew God healed. And I spent years in Benny Hinn ministry. I knew about healing and prayed and believed for it. So that was hard. Um, after he died, my son got into a horrible wreck, but he didn't get hurt, but he totaled his car. I had no money, no life insurance. We didn't plan well. It was horrible. And all of a sudden, my son has no car. He's away at college. So it just got worse. Then my mother got ill um, with congestive heart failure, and she was looking like she was going to die, and we lost our home. So we were in a mortgage battle. We knew we were going to win because God was going to get it. We had all the proof. We had a lawyer and a friend. Well, the friend and the lawyer turned on me as soon as my husband died. And I was paying lots and lots of money. So we lost this big, beautiful home. So when I lost the home, I lost every bearing of who I was because I could look at the picture and I would dance to the picture with Andy. I had this balance. This is where my kids were raised. This is where the horse was. This is where blah, blah, blah. Lost all of that. And I lived on the floor in my office for a couple weeks because people hear this, don't know what you're going through, and you don't ask because you don't know what to say. So people who knew I was suffering didn't really know how much I was suffering. So I was alone. Uh, my daughter was sleeping in a trailer and going to the bathroom in a can or having to go in the house and wake the people up because she had a dog. We had animals we had to displace everywhere that we were boarding. It was horrible. And then mom dies of um, heart failure, which she was 91, so it wasn't so tragic. But now we're planning a funeral in our new home. People I don't even know are helping me move. And now I'm in a new home renting when I used to have this gorgeous and unbelievable pad. So it was just a tsunami for me. It just kept happening. And then I had to move my office, so that's the next question, so go on. <laughs> She's going to cry. <laughs> She's going to cry. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, this is, it's so good. It's so good. Um, what is that, can you pinpoint that pivotal moment um, when you had to make a choice to step in to that new, I mean, everything is falling apart. Everything. And... Um, but you have, to, you have to make a choice. Am I going to stay in this place of um, just depression, misery, sadness? Um, or am I going to embrace this, this new normal that obviously firm believer in firm Jesus? Believer. Um, but tell us about that pivotal moment. Okay, pivotal moment. There were many of them because I fought it so much. She asked, did you fight it in yeah, our questions? That is, oh my, that is the next Did one. I fight it? There's a lady out here in the audience, Gina, who just, uh, raise your hand, Gina, just started coming here a little bit ago. Raise your hand, Gina. And she said to me, um, think about what you did before, Andy. Write down all the things, who you were, music, da-da-da-da. What you did when you are with them, what you want to do after, and immediately it was dancing. So I chose to line dance. I was going to do ballroom, but that changed my life. I'm still wow. dancing today. I'm teaching now beginners, and it... That's given me my fun and my glory, but um, my glory, I mean, my fun for Mary, you know, God gets all the glory, but um, that, and uh, I was in an office, and I wasn't really paying rent. I had this incredible deal. I'm a chiropractor, and I wasn't doing anything to promote my business because I just didn't care. I had to go to work the next day after he died. Nobody spoke to me about how to handle this. I went to work and didn't even know what I was doing, so 
I realized I can't keep doing this. I had this coach. He said, move out. So I got a new location. And I would just sit there and say, Andy's never seen this. This is like, he's never even been here. I couldn't even process it. Then I started dating this really cool guy named Rick Denny, who I'm now married to. And I realized I have to make a shift here. So there were pieces. It, it would happen along the way. But that was the embracing, was getting a new office and starting over. And then losing the, um, well, I won't say which denomination, but a very sick denomination coach was telling me where my husband was in heaven and started coaching me about God, and, and it wasn't our God, and it wasn't our beliefs, and I had to let him go, and I had to let go of the guy that was taking all my money. I had to let go of the attorney, because Rick was pointing out to me these people weren't helping me. I had to let go of a lot of things that I had hung on to, That's good. knowing I was going to go somewhere with him, but it wasn't what God wanted for me. That's good. So what, what would you say... Um, or how did, how did all of these things that happened so quickly, um, how did that have an impact on your relationship with God? Oh, my gosh. Here I was. Well, I spent a lot of time at a great worshiping church in town, and I had to get flat on my face. And I can tell you the only way out of this for me was worship. Good. And just crying my eyes out on the floor. I didn't care what anybody thought. I'll probably do it here soon, and you'll all laugh. I just throw myself out on the floor and wail. And that was the only place where I really connected with God. Wow. Because I was, you know, dancing to this picture of my husband on the wall, and then that was gone. It got taken down. Well, now where do I go? I'm in this new home. And the only thing I had left was worship. Because for me, I so believed in God. I was such a strong Christian. Ha ha, I thought. And then you get so tested because he wasn't right here tangible for me mm. at that point because I was in so much pain. And Andy, that cheating spouse, was off having an affair with God in heaven. And that is really how it felt. And you laugh, and it's hilarious, but it really was that painful. It was like, why are you up there with him? And why am I stuck here on this yeah. earth with no money and nothing? I don't know where to go. I'm a woman. What am I going to do? And they're up there, you know. All the things you're told, it'll be fine because they'll be in heaven. But it wasn't fine wow. because I'm stuck down here. So yeah. it really impacted my relationship with the Lord. I wasn't mad at him. I was jealous. I was so jealous. That's really profound. Um, what... Are you still in that, like, do you still have that jealousy, but probably in a better, like, more healthy mindset, right? In a much healthier line, mindset. Like, you know, I'm happy for him. He was suffering, and he's there, and he's smiling, and I'll get to see him and wave yeah. and hug one day. Yeah. Um, it's much more practical now, and God is so real. And I just said, make this count. Make this pain count. So Use good. me for something. Yeah. And I get to share it every day at my office. It's so good. And you're, you are a good sharer at your office. <laughs> Too much of a share. <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> um, so what would you say to somebody as we, as we wrap up this? Okay. Um, what would you say to somebody in a similar season of just extreme pain, extreme loss? Um, yeah. A couple of things that might sound kind of mean. Um, I would have started this with Genesis 50, 20. The enemy meant it for harm, but God Come meant on, it for good. Come on, so okay? good. Things are going to happen, but God's always going to turn it to good. He can win with a pair of twos, Bill Johnson says. Um, when you're going through the kind of pain that I went through, if you have a loss of a loved one, Matthew 7, 6 says, don't throw pearls before swine. Well, sometimes we Christians are swine. We don't understand when someone's suffering, so we don't have a very good heart, wow. and we don't understand. So please don't share your deep, deep pain with some Christian who's, praise the Lord, everything's good. You good today? And you're like, no, I'm not good today. Share wow. it with someone who had that loss, because they'll say, come here, sister. I totally know what it's like to lose your husband or your child or, uh, you know, a miscarriage, whatever it is. Don't share it with someone who doesn't understand and hasn't walked through it. And don't share it with someone who's not really, really mature in the faith. Find someone who's way above you and more mature in the faith that can help walk you through this. That's good. Thank you, Mary. Dr. Mary. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much.
I told you we were gonna get real in here. You guys, is this okay? Are you guys okay with this? Okay, next, um, this one's gonna be a little bit different. Um, this is um, James and Elspeth. Where are you guys? Here they come. We need one more, one more microphone. Where did the other one go? Here's one. Is this on? All right. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Stuart. I didn't even see Thank him you. over there. Blind. All right. James and Elspeth, thank you guys. Are you guys okay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James is like, <laughs> We're introverts Here we go. too, so this is. <laughs> um, oh, I'm excited for you guys to hear this. Um, James and Elspeth are newer believers. Um, so, <laughs> but have a very cool pre-believing just how God brought you to this place in this point in your lives. I remember, I think it was like early last summer. Was that when you write that, wrote that blog? Um, I read this blog <laughs> that she wrote and it just kind of laid out your prior to Christ experience. And I was floored, like absolutely like, and even at that point, I remember asking, like, is it okay if I, like, share this with people? And you were like, no, not yet. <laughs> she wasn't ready. And that's okay. Um, but you're ready now. Okay. So, James and Elspeth, tell us a little bit about your story and what got you to this point. I guess I'll start first. Um, I was born and raised about an hour south of here in Gardnerville, Nevada. So I was born in a small farming town, very isolated with a pretty unique background because my mom is a Wiccan pagan woman. So I was raised in kind of the new age, very, um, she, she believed that she could cast spells and um, very, very pagan household. So for me growing up, God was never introduced. Jesus was not in my radar. I was not taught who God was. It was more of, God and Jesus is patriarchal, constricting, you know, a lot of the stereotypes in our culture that we hear about God and Jesus. Um, and because my parents were also alcoholics and uh, my mom was bipolar and had multiple sclerosis, so you can imagine that I was in a pretty dysfunctional upbringing. So that didn't, that didn't allow me to have a foundation when I came into adulthood and when I was 18 and you're thrown out into the world and, okay, you're an adult now, go live life. Um, it led me to a lot of dark places in my early adulthood, you know, living in sin, living in addiction, really trying to find validation from other people or from my ego or from, because I'm, I'm an artist, um, we're videographers and have always been creative, so I feel like I used the gifts that God gave me as weapons rather than tools wow. and I, I don't really wow. I didn't have that perspective when I was in it um, and then James and I met about four and a half years ago and everything shifted there um, the first three years of our relationship we didn't have God so we really had to come and we're, we're mirrors to each other so a lot of our darkness was reflected really strongly wow. into each other's faces and uh, we went through a, a hard period, a hard time, um, a lot of physical 
pain, a lot of physical disease, a lot of mental pain, a lot of just anguish, really. Um, but I am so grateful because I truly believe that when you come to the end of yourself, you find truth. Oh, and that so truth good. is Jesus. So good. Um, yeah. Amen, right? So good. Yeah, um, God definitely kept us together. Yeah. We did. Uh, yeah, I grew up um, in a loving home. Uh, I definitely felt supported um, in my, in my, you know, my, my talents or my goals because uh, I had always wanted to be a filmmaker ever since I was, you know, probably four years old. Um, but at the same time, uh, we all fall like Adam and Eve did. So uh, I feel like, you know, my parents really supported me, but at the same time, they they pass on their sin to you sometimes. So, um, and, and, and that was in the form of uh, sexual immorality growing up, for sure. Um, I'm sure like most teenagers struggle with, uh, but that definitely led me to a very dark place um, of, of just complete emptiness, really. It, it takes everything from you. Um, and and uh, I mean, that was all the way up until the end of high school. So, um, and then shortly after that, we met. And, you know, even though we brought all of that to each other uh, and betrayed each other and, um, you know, it, that Jesus uh, kept us covered during that time. And I'm very grateful for that. So, Wow. So how did you guys come to the place of knowing that Jesus was the way and the truth and the life? Well, we're both, um, I would say, very, we like to research things and we like to learn and acquire wisdom and knowledge. So we've researched a lot of different stuff. And especially for me in my early adulthood, I was really heavily into the New Age community. Um, so going to things like Stargate meditations where people use the name of Jesus in vain or, um, you know, all these things that are close but not the truth. And that's, so there's a subtle difference. And um, once you, and we had, we, like I said earlier, we had come to the end of ourselves. We had looked at every other avenue. We had looked at validation from our craft, from we're artists, we're going to get it from that. Or, you know, we're going to do the new age thing and learn about chakras and meditate until we can feel whole. And it's interesting because you ask the question, like, how did Christ come to your life? And it's, it's hard for us to put it into words because it feels like God covered us so heavily, <laughs> so potently that about a year and a half ago, July of, um, what, 2018, and we were so covered. We'd had a family trip um, to Oregon, and that week, it was just like we had no other choice. Jesus was standing right there. God was right there. And, you know, we, we just looked at each other and said, is this, is this it? Jesus? Well. <laughs> you know, it, it, it just wasn't, we didn't know Christ followers. Our parents weren't Christ followers. We had nobody else. But thankfully, God just convicted us so strongly. And it's indescribable. That's what's huh. fascinating. It's just, it just was. Um, and uh, on that trip, we, the first night that we got to this little Oregon uh, Airbnb with, with my family, um, 
we somehow God came into the conversation pretty quickly. Wow. <laughs> uh, you know, of course it was, you know, the same time that the wine came out and everybody was, you know, relaxing, but it got pretty heated and, <laughs> and, <laughs> but, um, and, you know, my mom got pretty defensive and my dad, you know, he was, you know, in California during the seventies, during the, the last revival, he says. Wow. So, um, so he was, you know, he, he feels like he, uh, I feel like he left something, he left Jesus behind mm. back, back in the seventies, you know mm. what I mean? And he, he never really looked back, I feel like. Um, but that conversation came up and, and we advocated for Christ for the first time. Wow. And it, it, even though it, you know, didn't lead them directly to the church and everything was perfect, uh, it still brought up the conversation and it brought God uh, on that trip with us yeah. for, the, for that following week. So, and I think everybody in my family felt that as well, mm-hmm. so. That is so neat. I think, I think their story was, was, was one of the first, um, I mean, I think we hear, we hear this kind of story where, but, but I've only ever heard it in the context of like another country, where like a third world country where um, Jesus just is there and reveals himself to somebody. I, have, I don't think I've ever heard this, this type of scenario in our country where, um, where somebody was truly, truly seeking like, you got to the end of yourself and you were like, we need truth. Like, we need truth. And I think because truth is, is the Bible, the truth is the word, the truth is Jesus. And so I think when we, when we ask, like, he is going to reveal himself. And that, that's what is so exciting about your story to me. Um, so what are some of the most significant changes that you guys have had to make in your lives from um, pre, pre-Christ to now? I think our life before was very self-serving. Our life, our motivation was our own happiness, our own, you know, whatever it was, very self-serving. And since, we've really had to step out of ourselves and be more Christ-like. I mean, when you follow Christ, there comes a heavy accountability with that. You, whether you want to ignore it or not, you can feel it. You can feel what's right and you can feel what truth is. So it's forced us to change our lifestyle in the sense that we've gotten a lot healthier physically. We've eaten better. We take care of our bodies because this body is a child of God and it's important. That's good. Um, It's forced us to have uncomfortable conversations with our families, to start (laughs) praying, you know, before meals with family who are kind of, why are you, what are you doing, Jesus, you know, and it's, it's been, it's been a beautiful unfolding. Yeah. Wow. It was very, you know, compelled in many ways, mm-hmm. um, but I kind of had a hard time with this, with this question because I feel like uh, God made the changes in, um, you know, w- once you give yourself to Christ, uh, the world changes before your eyes, it really does. It, that is so, can you, can you expound on that just a little bit? Yeah, people, you, you just see things in a, uh, as God's creation. And, and I feel like life would be a lot better if you were actually told that as a kid, at least I wasn't, um, in school and, you know, et cetera. But, but God changed our surroundings when we were ready to, you know, 
go in the direction of doing his work, and that's always the goal, and, and we continue to have that as a goal, of course, but, um, but the surroundings change, and, and the people around you come into your life, um, the, the beautiful people that brought us to Convo, to this Thank new you, home Courtney. of ours, Courtney. Courtney. <laughs> uh, but at, at the same time, we're, we're freelancers, so we um, are starting to work with people who do work in God's name and do his work, whether it's um, you know religious schools around town or uh, amazing uh, holistic doctors that follow Christ and, and actually bring his healing to people on a physical level as well. Um, so every, everything around us Community. Has, has we didn't have any yes. friends before coming That's to Christ. That's true. That's wow. true. And now we have a lot. Hi, guys. Community yeah. is vital, right? <laughs> Community is so vital to your walk with Jesus. And I think we say this all the time at Convo, you need community. You need it. You need it. You need people that are like-minded, like-hearted, that are walking in the same direction as you. You need it in your life. Um, I didn't ask you guys this question, so I apologize. But, um, and this, this uh, I'm just going to ask it. Do you feel like it's, do you feel like you can serve God wholeheartedly, fully, um, and be a passive Christian. Does that make sense? Do you feel like you can be a passive Christian and not, not serve God the way that you guys have really, really dived in? Like, dived? I think I said that wrong. Really, <laughs> dove in. Thank you. Wow. Um, do you feel like it's okay? Do you feel like it's possible to be a passive Christian? Say you love God. Yes, I love God. At, but not serve him the way that you guys have chosen to dive in? Definitely not, because there's a lot of, you have to confront a lot as a Christ follower, because we live in a fallen world. You have to get past your uncomfortable feelings and speak life into people when they don't want to hear it, you know? You have to, you have to step up and be present when you don't feel good, when you feel anxious and afraid. Um, so no, you have to be active, I, I would say. Good. Yeah. Um, I mean, when we were baptized, it, it changed everything, but at the same time, God, uh, I feel like he, he, he can take his time with you, yeah. you know, he, so good. It, it's, it's not about the next morning. Everything is, is perfect, even though everything is divine. Um, and, and I'm, I'm still working on certain things, things that I fall back on that aren't even that comfortable, so I'm not sure why I fall back on them. Um, but to be passive, I don't know. I mean, pass, passivity is kind of a, our, I think our society encourages a passive nature sometimes. So good. Um, a lot of the time. And so um, I would say that don't, just don't be passive in here, and don't be passive here. If it doesn't reach the outside world yet in your life, take your time with God and, and just always engage in that conversation with God. That's good. So you just kind of answered the last question, like what would you say to somebody as well? So like they kind of tied, tied together. What would you say to somebody who is, who is new 
in this, this relationship with Jesus thing? And how would you encourage them to follow Jesus with everything they are? Like, you guys just chose, like, no, if, if Jesus is the way, then we're going to have to live our lives this way. There's no option for us. So how would you encourage somebody who's in that, that same place who's saying, no, I know Jesus is the truth, and now I have to make some choices? God is always speaking, always. Um, I, uh, Jesus is the peace. Jesus gives us the space to sit still and listen to God. He creates that sanctuary surrounding us. So my advice is listen. Good. He will speak to you through the people that come into your life. Good. He'll speak to you in coincidence. I don't think coincidence is coincidence. That's God speaking. Um, he is so, so willing and desires that conversation. It's all about conversation with God. Because um, we've been, and obedience, Good. it's more than just listening, but it's being obedient because we've taken so many leaps of faith in the last year and a half since coming to Christ, since coming to God, and he's rewarded us every time, every time. I think it goes back to like even what AJ was saying, like that yes, yes. that yes, yes is vital yes. in our lives. Uh, to that person, I would say you are created in God's image. Uh, you are, you're loved by God, and, and, and everything that you have to offer and that you don't even realize yet that you have to offer the world, it's, it's just waiting. It's so good. It's waiting for you. Yeah. So I would just encourage them. You guys, thank you so much. Thank you. James and Elspeth, take them out to lunch. Get to know them better. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, I'm just gonna ask for permission for a little bit. I even, I told Craig last night, I was like, I think I'm gonna extend it a few minutes. And he was like, sure. <laughs> um, okay, next is Keith and Andrea, and this is our last, um, this is our last one, and then we will wrap it up. <laughs> Keith and Andrea. Um, so, this one was kind of an easy one for me because we know so much about you guys. Um, we love you guys so much. Oh, okay. So please tell us a little bit about your story. For those, of you, for those who don't know, like um, these guys left everything um, their whole lives and moved here to be with us and help us after they told us we don't plant churches they came, <laughs> um, but they left a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And so um, please tell us a little bit about your story and how you got to Reno. I think it's muted, there you okay. go. I'm taking this one. Um, okay, so wow, um, yeah, those church planners. Too much work, what are you doing? You know, meanwhile, um, we're going back and forth uh, from Haiti, developing a children's village. Um, for, from about 2011 to 2015, somewhere around there, the dates get jumbled. Um, but yeah, we met Craig and Kara, they were our pastors. Um, we were children's pastors um, in Montana 
um, love Montana. Um, I remember just sitting, sitting back, dreaming, where would we even want to live other than Montana? Like, <laughs> Lord, send us from here. Like, this is, I was born and raised, he's Canadian, but, you know, when you just love a place, like, probably so many of you love Nevada. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm over it, you know, but... Um, Anyways, Love so, Montana. so we got back, um, we were doing like short-term trips, then we got more um, invested in Haiti and we're doing like six months at a time, sold our house, gave everything away um, because that's what we do because our destinies are not going to be fulfilled sitting at home being comfortable. Wow. So wow. we're like, okay, God. Um, and I'm huge on following, falling back on God's promises. Man, they are my lifeline. Um, because when you live in that way and you have kids who are screaming, mom and dad, I just want security. Where are you taking, why are we praying about that? You know, um, you know, you fall on God's promises and the things that he has spoken to you in the quiet times. And um, so we got back from Haiti that last time. Um, it didn't go as planned. Um, we had planned, you know, probably 10-year projection. We had about, we were making a space on seven acres for like 144 kids. Um, so we projected about 10 years um, to be going back and forth to Haiti. Um, some things went down that were just very challenging. Um, and we knew, um, we knew we had to step back um, from what we were doing there. And um, so we came home a little brokenhearted and a little wounded. Um, and, you know, that whole time, you know, we're on FaceTime with Craig and Kara's there in D.C. just, like, bawling our eyes out, you know, like, help us walk through this. Like, we were just a little devastated. Um, and so we came home. We knew we had to heal. And so... I think it was probably my, my thought, like five years. I'm just like, God, give us five years. We just want to like sit back. We want to heal. Um, we just want to be, you know? So I think I probably said that. And then I thought, oh, good God, five years. <laughs> Yay. Um, but little did we know a few years into that, um, we got a text from Craig and Kara that just said, hey, be praying. Like, we knew their heart to plan a church. And so we're like, yeah, like, we can get behind this. We can pray. We can pray for you. We can pray. And if we get any words, we can give you those words. And so um, we were just happy um, in the church that we had been in for, like, 17 15 years, you know, they were the ones that sent us out into missions, and so we were just chilling. We were doing our thing. We were praying for Craig and Kara, and then um, they said, Reno, and I'll just never forget, Keith had gone, you know, away to this encounter weekend, get all healed up, and he comes back all on fire, and I'm like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> and, and he looks at me one day in bed, and he's like, we have to consider Reno, and I flat out was like, no. no. Like, <laughs> who are you? We're chilling for five years, you know? Like, come on. And so um, that just led, like, literally, like, my kids can testify to this. It was one thing after another. God just began to speak, began to highlight Reno. I mean, 
Um, living waters are going to rise up out of the desert. I get to work one day. This chef where we were going for Valentine's dinner, his name was Reno. Um, I mean. God was speaking. <laughs> you know, and finally I'm like, okay, God, you have my attention. Wasn't there like a license, a license yeah, or a, a license plate, right? Yeah, literally I'm like working at a, at a bank and this guy hands in his driver's license, Nevada. And I'm like, what? So I'm like texting Keith. He's like, I literally just pulled into the driveway behind a Nevada license plate. And he's like, I've never seen one before. <laughs> and I'm like, of course you have it. Of course. <laughs> so we knew God was getting our attention. And ultimately, we're here to pursue God. You know, I don't ever want to say, I mean, I've heard people up here, the yes. And it is. Like, it's just all about the yes. And we knew in that moment that if we were to stay put, would have it been stepping out of God's will? No, not necessarily. God's still going to love us. We're still going to be going after him. Good. You know, our Good. kids are still going to grow and things are going to be great, right? But we knew in our heart that it wasn't going to be his best oh, so for good. us. And so although we're like, okay, God, your best for us feels like a reach and it feels really hard, saying no would be devastating for us, even with all the good, right? So we knew we had to say yes. I'll hurry up. Flew out here, surprised these guys in December, had no clue we were coming, but we knew we had to put our feet on this soil. The first thing we did was take them to the Santa crawl. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Santa crawl. That was we fun. didn't we we literally all just we love to people watch. And so we literally parked ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we parked ourselves like four the chairs at an thing. oyster thing in the Silver Legacy, yeah. right? Um yeah. this oyster restaurant. Yeah. And literally just sat there and watched people for like yeah. a good chunk of time. Um so, no, we didn't go crazy and do the whole Santa Claus thing. They were like, these are our people. I know. And Keith and I are like, are they? Are they, though? <laughs> are they? <laughs> oh, Santa Claus won them over, let me tell you. <laughs> it did, because we, went, we left, and on the airplane home, we both were just looking at each other, and we're like, oh, my gosh. What are we going to do? Here we go. We yeah. were here two months later. It was quick. It was a quick transition. So on that, like Keith, you, you left your business that you had been, I mean, very, very lucrative, very um, amazing business that you had been building for years. You left that behind and came to total uncertainty. I want to I wanna hear a little bit about that. Are you guys okay? We're going to go a few more minutes. Are you guys okay? I hope you're okay. okay. All right. <laughs> So yeah, I'll be quick about it. Um, so yeah, I had a business in Montana. Um, we had, when we left, had uh, roughly 20 employees. Uh, we got to work on, you know, the the really expensive homes, all the, you know, from 15,000 square foot up to 55,000 square foot homes, and big um, name people too, guys right. that he wasn't allowed to tell us about. <laughs> right, and uh, you know, we got to travel around uh, the U.S. and do it, and. You know, we started the company, um, when was it, right? Crisis. Yeah, during the recession, we just stepped out in faith and it started with me and my business partner at the time and we literally had 
$500 to our name at then and, uh, you know, built it. And, you know, when we moved out in February or that, that year in December was the best year we ever had. It was like <laughs> things were happening, you know, it was going so good and everything, it was almost four times as much as a year before. Uh, financially speaking, you know, we were just, it was happening. It, you know, I made it. And then uh, Reno came up and, you know, it was, it was challenging, you know, but we knew, like at that time, I went to my business partner, um, I think that next day and said, I just signed everything over. We moved out here, didn't take a penny from the business. We moved out here with $4,500 in our personal account. And we just trusted God and knew that God was calling us here. And uh, for the first three months being here, I could not get a job. I had over 200 applications and resumes. He was overqualified for every hardware store. It, like literally, <laughs> I put in, and uh, it was on a Wednesday where I came down. Um, I was packed up. I was going back and forth to Montana because I had good connections. And I'd leave at, you know, two, three weeks at a time. And uh, we sat our family down. This was a pivotal point. This, yes. <laughs> They're going ahead of my questions, but it's good. Keep going. This was, this was that moment, that pivotal moment. So tell us about Where, that. You know, we sat down. It was a Wednesday morning. I can't even get through this one. It was super cool because I want to encourage everybody because literally people were paying our rent over Facebook because we weren't airing it, but I think people were going, whoa, what's happening? And God's provision is absolutely insane, you guys. Like, when you step out in faith, there, there's no limit. Yeah, four months in yeah. a row. People we had no idea were paying our rent. And uh, so I couldn't get a job. Sat down with my family and said, you know, Daddy, we're moving back to Montana. Like, this just ain't working, you know. We missed it. I don't know. Like, this just ain't working out. And... Uh, so the next morning, I was getting ready to leave and, you know, start things back up in Montana. And it was that morning when I, or no, that evening is when I got a call for this job as a superintendent. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I'll give it a shot. And, you know, and that's where, you know, last minute, last hour. And um, that's where I'm at today. And I love my job. It's great. Um, Andrea's got a good job. And, you know, and just looking back, like, I don't know, it's, ever since we've been here, it's last minute, last <laughs> hour, you know, rent, like, to the last day of midnight or whatever, you know, it's just, uh, you know, when you say yes, it doesn't always have to, or it doesn't always look easier, look what you, yeah. look like what you think it's going to, yep. you know, but just being here and uh, the people we've met and yeah. uh, the friendships we've formed and, you know, it's just, it's amazing, and we just know we're here, and God called us here. Yeah. I love that. Um, so in, this is, this is going to be my last question, but what would you guys say to, um, to people who are going through tough, um, tough financial crisis, tough um, job situations? Um, just how would, you, how would you encourage somebody um, to have hope in those moments to embrace that season or that new normal that 
you, I mean, you guys chose this, right? And so I think a lot of times situations that, um, that are life situations that are thrown at us, we don't choose them. And so you have to choose to embrace that situation. But this was something you guys chose, even though you didn't expect to walk into it with so much um, hardship, obviously. But Because when, when you say yes to God, you know, it's not always easy, like you said. <laughs> um, but what would, you, what would you say to encourage somebody who's having just those intense challenges um, to, to remain steadfast and to push through those moments? Yeah, um, like I said, you know, the promises of God are so powerful. Um, one of the key scriptures that I think has carried us through um, so many things, whether it's missions, community, friends, church, marriage, you know, um, in Psalm 19, it says that his uh, word is a light unto my path, a lamp unto my feet. Um, it could be switched, but anyway, you get the picture. Um, it's like, it is all about Jesus, you know, his sacrifice for us, um, is so massive that any little amount of sacrifice or yes that we could give fails in, to com fails in comparison um, to what Christ did for us. Right. So yeah. it's just, I heard it from everybody up here already one way or another, is it's that leaning in, mm -hmm. it's that pressing in, it's about not giving up because you're not alone. Um, you know, one of the biggest things we left were friends. I mean, we had so many friends, you know, and family. And gosh, coming out here, God is so faithful. Like, we have met and built so many friendships and relationships because we are builders that way. But the one thing is to just believe. Like, believe for the miracle. You know, press in, believe, pursue God above all else because he is so faithful and you've heard this before but Keith and I agree I mean faith is spelt risk oh, and if you're not willing to risk your comfort or whatever it is to just take that chance then you're never going to know what you're capable of oh, and what so a boring good. life that is so good. right <laughs> I have this I have this written down if you never had an opportunity to rise to a challenge you would never grow Challenges grow us and they increase our capacity. And I have seen that like with you guys and with everybody that, that spoke today. Um, they had a challenge and they decided to press into that challenge and to come to the other side of that challenge. And in that there is growth. In that, AJ talked about that, the, the growth that happened. Um, and in that growth, it just increases your capacity so much. You guys, thank you so much. I'm just gonna wrap up really quick here. How cool. Do you guys like this? Was that okay? I hope that was okay. You didn't have to listen to me talk for a long, long time. Um, but gosh, um, the power of your testimony, the power of your story is so powerful. And we can get the keys to come out if, um, if they are ready and available. Um, I just, I don't want you guys to forget that. Um, we will overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and that is Jesus. This is in um, Revelation, I want to say 12. Yep, Revelations 12, 11. Um, they overcome, they won the victory over him, the enemy, by the blood of the lamb, which is Jesus, and by the truth which they proclaimed. 
the truth. That's their story. That's your story. Your story is powerful. Your, your story has a truth to it because you walked through it. The enemy cannot take that away from you unless you give it to him. That is your truth. And, and I believe that as a society, as a, um, as a world, we are wrestling with truth. We are wrestling every day. Um, and words of truth, they build people up. Words of truth build and, and lies from the enemy. They will t- tear down and they will destroy. So let's be, let's be those people who will sit with people as they're walking through these hard things. Um, I, was, I was at a conference a couple months ago and I heard this saying, um, build sidewalks where the footpaths are. And something in that, the language of that and the, the imagery of that, just something came alive in my heart and I said, yes. That's what I want Convo to be. I want us to talk about those hard things, those footpaths, those rocky places that people are walking. They really are walking. And they're, they're footpaths because so many people are walking them. Let's be the church that builds a sidewalk there so that people can walk them easier. Let's be, let's be a church and a community of people that, that take people by the hand who are walking through these hard things and says, I will walk with you. I won't just sit, pat you on the back and say, I'm so sorry. That, there's nothing bad in that. There's nothing wrong in that. But be, let's be a community of people as Convo Church that, that are willing to go to those hard places, that are willing to pick up our friend when he's ready to, to end his life, that are willing to take the time to sit with somebody. You may not have the words to say, but listening, listening goes very, very far. And that's just, we're gonna build sidewalks where those footpaths are, those hard places that people are walking in and we're gonna make it easier for people to walk in. You may be here today and you may be saying, gosh, wow, I, I'm, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in that place. And you, this may be all new to you, this may be, um, this whole Jesus thing, you may, you may be saying, gosh, I'm, I'm walking through a really, really hard thing right now. And you may be stuck in that place. But the Bible says he walks, we walk through, we walk through that valley. And I've already said this today. We walk through that valley and we grab the hand of Jesus who's walking us through it. Um, I just, I just want to ask everybody right now to close your eyes. And maybe, maybe you're here today and, and one of these stories just really resonated with you. You feel stuck in these circumstances that life has thrown at you or choices and decisions that you have made. And I just wanna tell you right now, your way through that, your way through that is gonna be Jesus. And you've stopped You have stopped in that valley, but Jesus is here today to say, let me take your hand. Let me walk through that valley with you. Let me lead you out of it. Thanks again for listening to the Convo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.